I love that you just <laughs> also just open up to any page. You don't need I to did, experiment. Which was the paragraph that I, I ha- outlined as, as shit? I, oh, hang on. Here we go. I've got one that I've scribbled garbage. <laughs> I don't, what's this? It was that box, that fucking box, that box he found when he was 15 and his mum sent him up to her in his dad's room to get something from the closet, big and black and hidden, exposed only where he couldn't find what she wanted him to get for her. So he went searching at his age. He could have no clue. <laughs> Ah. One sentence. All right, she forgot. A, she forgot a sentence. All right, she forgot a full stop. All right, let me. Big and black and hidden, exposed only when he couldn't find what she wanted him to get for her. So he went searching at his age. He couldn't have no clue what curiosity would expose. Then he'd opened it. That's one <laughs> sentence. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, what? What did you say? This is totally obsessed with Dan Deboe. Talking to interesting people about that interesting thing that interests them. Welcome to another episode of Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof. I'm Dan DeBoof and thanks for being here. We are now officially over a month old, which is super exciting. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed, everyone who's reviewed uh, the podcast on the iTunes store, everyone who's told a friend about it and everyone who's contacted me and told me they're enjoying the podcast on instagram or twitter or facebook i'm at dan deboof uh your dms are great and they do wonders for my sense of self and spiritual well-being so please if you want to make the world a better place in just a tiny little way reach out to me and say dan i enjoy your podcast you'll feel better i'll feel amazing or do it publicly on the itunes store with a review which is probably more important, to be honest. This week, I'm talking to Tegan Higginbotham, who's a great comedian you might have seen at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival or on shows like Whose Line Is It Anyway? or Whovians or writing about sports and AFL and supporting the Carlton Blues and all the associated misery that comes with that in The Age and places like that. She's another one of those people you can probably tell who isn't very quiet about her obsessions, be it footy or Doctor Who or Harry Potter. So, what is the obsession that she wanted to talk about with me? It's none of those, and excitingly, it's a secret obsession, which is what I love to talk about on this show. Things you never knew that people were obsessed with, but they're very obsessed with. It is dirty books, erotica, adult literature, romance novels, bodice rippers, Mills and Boone, call it what you will, books where sex happens inside them. The books, not the characters, although it does. So anyway, we cross a lot of ground in this one from things like Twilight and Fifty Shades and Outlander that you might know about. But we also go deep from the sexy to the deeply troubling, from the literary award nominated books to the ones that have barely been edited. We're talking missing punctuation marks, perhaps because the author has written them in a flurry of sexual passion. It might be a bit of a spoiler, but Tegan is actually currently writing her own adult fiction novel. That's how much she's obsessed with this. And uh, we talk about that in here too. Plus, we go on a Harry Potter tangent and a Game of Thrones tangent. It's a really fun chat. Thanks, Tegan, for coming on the podcast. Here it is, Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBoof and Tegan Higginbotham. See you next week. Welcome 
thank you very much. What are you obsessed with? At the moment, I am obsessed with, I don't know whether you'd call it chiclet or romantic literature or borderline erotica. I'm obsessed with dirty books, okay? <laughs> dirty books that use words like thrust and awful lot of the time and moist and... Thrust and, and moist books. Thrust and moist. Thrust in moisty pages. Okay. How did this obsession, or perhaps when did you realise this was an obsession? I have always liked reading just, I call them kind of, you know, your popcorn literature. You know, there's the food pyramid and there's all the foods that you should eat because they keep you healthy and happy and all that sort of stuff. And then at the bottom, there's your junk food. Well, I think there's that in books as well. There are those shitty terrible books that do nothing but make you stupider but they're just fun to read like your dan browns and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff popcorn literature so you know i kind of put into that car in that category things like you know your bridget jones's diary mm. devil wears prada all that sort of really easy to consume stuff and there's also all the books that are just heavy on the romance and the shagging and i've <laughs> I, I do i gravitate towards that stuff not even in literature and tv as well like I'm one of those psychos who goes on YouTube and watches compilations of Mulder and Scully kissing. Or like, <laughs> you know, I even did it recently with Tim and Dawn from The Office. Okay. And somebody had put all their moments to this really heartfelt acoustic track. Royalty free. Yeah. Like. And I'm just like, num, 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 give me more. So I gravitate towards a good romantic story and a really good will she, like, will they, won't they kind of thing. So I think it had been, my obsession had been just bubbling along for quite some time. Are we, like, are we talking like when you were a kid? No, like I wasn't okay. 12 and reading, you know, Yeah. <laughs> what's that called? Last Tango in Paris. Or anything, anything <laughs> I, I, like I don't that, know, but yeah. Which I have read and is messed up. But, um, <laughs> but no, it, it happened a little bit older and I started just reading a lot of those big blockbuster books that a lot of women do tend to read. But my obsession changed recently and it's become more of a... I'm really going through these books and analyzing them because I'm obsessed now in a way of, of just being amazed at how bad these books are <laughs> and how poorly a lot of them are written, but more so how bad some of the messages are in them. And oh, that, yeah, yeah. And the way that sex is being portrayed en masse to the public. It's, 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 I'm finding it fascinating. And so I've got in front of you, as you can see now, just a pile of, of books in varying degrees, um, all which have shagging in them. And, and these, they've all got really cursive font on the front as so well. Much. Oh, <laughs> and mysterious in, looks. I didn't bring in my favourite one. It's in my bedroom. I bought it the other day at Big W for something like four ninety five or something. And I bought it specifically because... Go it, get it. Oh, okay. Hang on. I'll show you why I bought it in just a second. Yeah. But um, it's called uh, The Road to Hell. Jessie Harris may no longer be a soul-stealing succubus, but she's got a hell of a past. So I was like, I'm in. I want it. I want it all. But Just the reason even the, like, may no longer be, but she's got a hell of a past. Like, I know she's got a hell of a past. She used to be a soul-stealing <laughs> yeah, succubus. Straight yeah, from first clear. sentence. Um, but the reason I got it was because the cover has this woman, kind of a sultry woman, but they've had to kind of computer image her back. Yeah. So the image is this woman standing, her back facing the front of the cover, but they clearly just couldn't get a, a photo of a woman's back, so they've done it oh. in what I assume is MS Paint. I don't know. I'm not very afraid with computers. But it was just such a bad cover that I was like, I have to see. The tagline on the front is hell hath no fury like a succubus scorned. I know, right? That old saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is like if you look at um, her upper midriff, mm. it's quite narrow. But if you look at her lower midriff, it's very wide. Like 
It's yeah. one of those. She also you know, doesn't have a spine. It seems to just be <laughs> flat skin. You know when back. you see those um, photoshops of like a group of supermodels and there's an extra leg somewhere and no one knows, like Giselle Bunchton has like three legs. And everyone's like, what? Yeah. Again, they say that she's genetically blessed. Maybe she does just have three legs. <laughs> That's I don't how know. she does it. This is what's going on. Okay. So when you talk about the, the food pyramid of books and yeah. at one end you've got these sorts of books, yeah. the airport sort of books or whatever, yeah. what's at the other end? Um, okay, so I think that that's when you've got, you know, you to kill a mockingbird. Yeah, and right. that's sort of that sort of literature where you you know, you do, you get to the end of it and you go, Wow, I'm thinking about life. I'm really thinking or you know, <laughs> I feel like I've become a better person. And that's not to say that in, you know, that kind of erotic category you can't have those sorts of books. One of the books in the pile that I've got in front of me is an uncertain grace by Australian <laughs> author Chrissy Keane. Now I um I went to this big book event. It was called the Stella Sparks Long List Announcement. Yep. So the Stella Sparks is this initiative that helps boost Australian female writers. Yeah. And they just announced their long list for that year's prize. And um, a lot of the authors were there and they were all standing on the way out when you're about to leave. They were standing at these tables with their books, which in my mind just went, well, you can't buy one, can you? Because I'm not going to walk up next to the other author who's standing there with a pile of books and not buy your book. <laughs> yeah, like looking her right in the eye and being like, no, like she's a charity mugger or something. Sorry, not today. I haven't got any change. Sorry. So it turned out being this really expensive event. I was like, oh, now I've got to buy all the books. But um, this was one that people had gone, you know, because I'm very vocal about the fact that it doesn't have shagging in it. I want to read it. Um, they were like, this has got shagging in it. But Did you was- walk up to this table of authors and just say <laughs> that to them? Yeah. Who's got tits in the books? Anybody? <laughs> Come on. Um, but this one was just so not what I had expected. And it does uh, address sex in just a, such a confronting but interesting way. Mm. So, and I, this book, I did come away going, oh my God, I've just got so much to think about. It, you can get that level of book in this genre, but mostly it's shit. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> mostly it's really bad. So do you try and um, like have a balanced diet? Like you try and have like... Ulysses on the go while you've got the ra- the road to hell. <laughs> no, at the moment it's it's really there's I am I'm I've got a bad diet right now. <laughs> like if these books were edible, my teeth are about to fall out. They really are. But I, I have, like I said, I've been really just trying to break down the messages that are in these books and and I am I'm kind of toying and playing with writing my own. Look, that was going to be something book. that I reckon I would have got out of you <laughs> yeah. over the course of this interview because it's like... As if I'm not. <laughs> I know. It, and it also does strike me as the kind of thing where after you read a dozen of them, you go, okay, this is this is achievable. Well, this, well, it's, it's, I've just feel like I've got to be able to do better. I am somebody who's very, I'm, I'm definitely a feminist. I'm not ashamed of that. And I keep on getting to the end of these books going, I feel dirty now. I feel bad. There has to be a way for me to still have that cheap thrill, that easy to read on the tram, not even thinking going to read it without it kind of questioning my, my Mm. morals in a way. I mean, you even look at something like Twilight, which so many young women are reading and the messages is in that book are so messed up. Mm. For example, the bite before marriage being the analogy for sex. He can't bite her before she's married. Well, don't want to bite before she's married. But 
I, I, I didn't know, know you, that was a, a bit in it. Yeah, and and I don't know if you remember this, but when they do finally have sex, there's all, there's a lot of this. I've only this. only read the first book, and even that was from a sort of know your enemy kind of standpoint. Yeah, the writing's terrible. <laughs> I felt like I was reading my like. I didn't. I don't have a sister, but like my younger sister's journal. That's what it felt like. Like he's so beautiful. He's so beautiful. Yeah. And I was like, oh man. I felt a little bit like, oh no, this, thanks. Yeah, this lead character who literally falls apart and mm. when he's not with her anyway. But um, when they do finally consummate their marriage, she comes away and she's all beaten and battered and bruised, and she's been injured by this guy. And it's really, it's really hot that as soon as they start having sex, he just can't control himself. Oh, dear. And that narrative is in a lot of books that I've been reading, including ones that I, once again, I go, that was written quite well, like the Diana Gabaldon series, the um, the Outlander series. I've got actually... Oh, that's a TV show, yeah? Yes, yeah, so it's yeah. a TV show. It's like um, a sexy time travel show, is it? Yeah. Well, I first uh, stumbled upon these books. These, I, I was quite young because my mum had the whole collection in her house. And I'd be like, hey, mum, what are these books about? And she was like, oh, you know, the Read it when you're older. No, she was always like, it's about the clans and the, the history in Scotland. It's history. It's all about history. Just like how the Da Vinci Code is about history yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Learning. Um, <laughs> and then I finally read them and I was like, you dirty bitch. These are absolutely just Scottish porn. And the first time I read them, I thought they were great. And I think Diana Gabaldon has put so much time into those books. Mm. But in this... Um, in this first book specifically, when I reread it this year, because I was like, I'm going to revisit that book. I was really troubled by the fact that the sex scenes that are in there, and there's some, there are some really lovely sex scenes. You know, the um, the lead character is very, she's a very sexual driven character and she's not afraid to admit that. But they got such a small portion of the book, whereas rape and the threat of rape was almost on the same pedestal. And the very, the big, big rape scene that happens at the end just took up like nearly a whole chapter describing this scene whereas the sex scenes were really small and I was like oh that's interesting I wonder why that is and then even in those consensual sex scenes there'd be little lines like this is Jamie what he says to Claire at one point he says I'll try and do the accent tell me if I'm too rough or tell me to stop altogether if you wish anytime we are joined I don't think I can stop after that so just like once we've started I can't stop and I was like well I don't know if I agree with that and this is um there was a there was also another scene where he beats her. He beats her with a belt. She disobeys him, so he puts her over his, her, his knee and he beats her with a belt until her ass is raw. And he says he said um well I didn't think it was right to roger you in that state however fierce I wanted to and I was like, "Oh, I'm not finding that hot anymore. Why <laughs> I don't know, the man beating the woman and then being like I still wanted to shag you, but I didn't I mean I and I just now that I'm looking for these things, I just can't help but see them a lot and go, no, that's that's really not okay in my mind. This is like a central thing in Fifty Shades of Grey as well. Oh, gosh. Fifty Shades is so problematic. Is That was one of the very big ones, I think, that started me kind of looking at, at this whole genre with really different eyes. Um, even away from the sex stuff, which is and the BDSM element in Fifty Shades of Grey, which a lot of people who partake in BDSM will go, that's not how it's done. <laughs> that's all really bad. So you've got Christian Grey and he decides that he likes this woman, Anna. He stalks her. He gets people to follow her and photograph her. He finds her bank details. He goes so far as to controlling uh, the company, sorry, um, buying the company that she works at so he can control elements of that. 
He sells a car without permission. He breaks into her home. She asks him for time away to think and spend time with her mum. He finds out where she's gone and goes there. He tells her what she can drink, eat, who she can see. He actively isolates her from her family and friends. And all of this is meant to be romantic and, and really like, oh, he loves me this much. He wants to control me. And somebody online pointed this out. He says to um, Anastasia at one point after she's gone out and gotten drunk with her friends, he says, well, if you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week after the stunt you pulled yesterday. You didn't eat, you got drunk, you put yourself at risk. So what he's saying is you did all that stuff that Mm. I don't agree with, so I would hit you so much that, uh, yeah, you you couldn't sit for a week. But this person online pointed out that by this stage in the book, he hasn't even brought up BDSM yet. He hasn't even brought that topic up with Anastasia so it's basically just a man going I don't agree with what you did I'd beat the shit out of you <laughs> like, and it's so it's so it's, full on and it's weird as well because when you add all the kooky sex stuff to it as yeah. well and it's Why? and it's pitched with that whole like how oh, let's get the girls together and yeah. go see the movie and also sometimes it's pitched as being quite liberating which mm. I also found really interesting What I've brought it down to is that women these days are expected to wear so many hats, especially mums. They're expected to have a career, bring up their kids. They're meant to be, you know, hot and sexy enough that they're putting up photos on Instagram. They're meant to be all those things and they're still meant to be sexy to their husbands. They're meant to have this full social life. Their their house is meant to be fashionable and good looking enough and clean enough all the time so that it could be photographed in one of those, you know, Vogue living magazines. I think the pressure on a lot of women is to do all those things. In this book, it is a guy who comes along and literally goes, you do nothing now. You, I would prefer it if you'd stay home. I've bought all your clothes. I will figure out what you eat. There is a housekeeper. I will take you on holidays every second weekend. You do nothing. It's like a Madame Bovary type thing where she's just sort of, you know, alone in the house, yes, just yes, sitting yes. going, what have I signed up to? Yeah, and it's. I think that... Maybe if you were just so overworked and on the point of absolute collapse, you'd be like, this option, you know what? I'll let you hit me a few times because it's worth it. Oh. Or I'll let you pull out a tampon and that meant to be sexy during sex. It's, that's in it. It's in the book. It's so confronting. How has weird. this become the thing that I, I can't understand it because I, I sort of look at it and I'm like, yeah, you know, I get that people like to read a sexy, naughty book. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. And it's like, oh, have you read the sexy naughty book? Yeah. Um, like Gustavo in Big Mouth. You know how it just sweeps the school. Everyone's reading this book. But I just sort of, this one just seems like, I'm sorry. Like, am I really like boring? Am I supposed to be like, do I, should I have a red room down the corner, like, down the corridor of my house? Is this normal? Is this what, it's actually what people want? Apparently it is. It rates well. Yeah. And I don't know. Do they want it? I wonder if it's, if it is all in their head and then if somebody actually turned around and hit them during sex, you'd be like, whoa, <laughs> whoa. It's not a book, mate. It's not a book. Whoa, what are you doing? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe we're both just... Real fuddy duddies. You know <laughs> Maybe I mean? it's like it's interesting that you compare it to junk food because when you think of junk food, like junk food is not like normal food. It's mm. so like you look at a chicken nugget, it looks nothing like a chicken yeah. or even a roast chicken. It yeah. looks nothing like it. It's it's so much more intense and distilled and it's also incredibly consumable. So you can eat so much of it. You'd eat the, the calorie equivalent of two roast chickens if you could just sit and eat nuggets nonstop. Yeah. And maybe... This is a similar thing where it's not what people want in a relationship at all. But in a strange way, it's like you've distilled down like 
and made it more and more intense, like a stock cube mm. of or a chicken nugget of a yeah like relationship. And it's like, oh no, I don't want that at all. But there's some like urge. Give me that. that yeah. yeah, give me that hit. I want that flavor. I know. Um, like you know, when you sit down, you realize that you, you you're dragging your finger along the bottom of the the hot chip packet, getting your finger coated <laughs> in chicken salt. And then, I'm sure everybody does this. And then you're just basically just eating chicken salt. You're like, probably not good. Probably. I wonder if it's just you know in this in this age that we're in, where there's so much vying for mm. our attention because there is. I mean. I, my favorite show on Netflix is the Netflix menu because I reckon I spend more time <laughs> just looking through. And now that it plays like those little 15 second snippets of shows, I just scan through That's all That's why it takes so long to watch something oh, because you spend the first 10 minutes getting distracted. Yeah, right? Um, there's just so much vying for attention that shocking stuff is what's, is what's standing out these days. And maybe... Maybe, I mean, of course, that's why people would be gravitating towards these shocking books. It wasn't only the BDSM in the Fifty Shades. It was that she pushed pushed it out there with things like the tampon scene, which was just so bizarre and weird, but got a lot of press. My concern is, though, and this is me actually, you know, I am a fuddy-duddy. I just worry about the, ro- the young people who are going, that's normal. Yeah. Maybe aren't being told that that is fast food, who aren't being given an apple occasionally, or I don't know, just reading something where people hold hands and they get a bit of a flutter and going, oh, you know, I, don't, I mean, I is was- there is there something like that that you've come across in your reading? Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people. Well, I, I hope I'm getting this right. Anas Nin, Anas. Apparently, it's meant oh, to be Anas. Yeah, Anas. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I always said it was Anas, but I've been told it's Anas. Um, but that I sounds like know, an ass now that I say it. <laughs> <laughs> the more I say it, the worse it's sounding. Her, her stuff is legitimately incredible um, and just very, very subtle, very beautifully written. And wasn't she like super cool? Like she had heaps of lovers yeah, in Paris in bit, the early 1900s. Yeah, kind of she's vibe. one of those yeah. people that when you go, oh, this is how I picture myself on the weekends. Like you'd like to be like, oh, yes, just going to Paris with my lovers and whatnot. Yeah. Um, her stuff is really good. Uh I'm trying to think of what else I'd actually recommend. There's this. There's a series. That's so um, funny, though, that you've got this massive pile and you don't want to recommend any of it. <laughs> there was one that wasn't too bad. It was called The Spy Master's Lady. I'm looking at the cover right the now. Cover for this? Okay, so this is what I would call it's a it's a proper bodice ripper. Yeah, yeah. Like yep. you've got this guy. Um, he looks a bit, I guess, Brad Pittish, maybe Uncle Jesse kind of. Oh, like yeah, he, no, yeah. I'm seeing that. Yeah. He's also, I mean, I don't know. His six pack seems to be higher than where it should be. It's, Is that just me? I can't tell. Okay. It's got, <laughs> you've spent a bit of time with it. Let me get close <laughs> up. So, yeah, I mean, it's incredibly well defined. Has he got like a sort of, what's that in his belt there? Oh, Some maybe it's of, a, I hope it's a gun. <laughs> or is he just happy to see us? Yeah. And he's literally ripping open his sort of 18th century um, puffy shirt and Which I feel blazer. like then you wouldn't have a lot of shirts. So it'd be really foolish to rip because that's probably That's his true as well. Shirt. Yeah. And he keeps it in his steamer trunk and yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's I mean, that shows how turned on he must be because that's his one piece of clothing and he's destroying it. It's got a... Um, a great cursive font for the Spy Master's Lady mm-hmm. and also some good use of exclamation marks in the um, the blurb. Yes, yes. What a terrific story. One of the most unusual, resourceful and humorous heroines I've ever met. <laughs> and this one I, I didn't mind because the heroine, the lead character, is actually a bit ballsy. And, um, you know, she does... 
she's one of these people who doesn't find the guy that she's into then go I'm going to give up my entire life because I found this person and that happens that does happen a lot with them just going I will turn my back on my family my friends my career aspirations everything because now I'm in love with you um she doesn't do that in this book so Joanna Bourne's the spy master's lady it is it is a despicably cheap looking paperback but that one was all right actually that was a bit of all right how do you feel reading these things in public? Oh, ashamed. Because <laughs> I remember reading once they were saying that um, one of the reasons uh, something like Fifty Shades of Grey sold so well is because of Kindles. Yes. Because on a Kindle you can pretend you're, you know, reading yeah. Schopenhauer. Uh, but, you, yeah. And it was actually originally... Um, only released in Australia with an ebook sort of format. Mm. It was picked up by Vintage Press a long time after that, but originally it was just yeah an ebook. And I, if you look at the ebook sales charts, especially in the free category, there are all these little free samples that you can get of books. They're all bad, dirty books for clearly just for women coming home who just want to read something really quickly, and they they want it to have that element. Mm. And also like. Uh Harry Potter, I remember the reason they redesigned the covers as like predominantly black. Like, oh, yes, yeah, so adults was, could read it. So, yeah, if you're reading it on the tram or the tube or whatever, yeah, and you just sort of, um, you're like, well, I'm reading the smart kiddies book, <laughs> yeah. Do I you would. think, um, guilty pleasures, like, would you classify, would you classify this as your guilty pleasure? Yeah, I think so. I mean. It has to be in a way because even I would have read these books about four years ago when I met my partner, Paul, and I think it took a while before I really allowed myself to be reading them in front of him. Wow. And, I, and I'm the sort of person who was always happy to admit to reading Harry Potter. I, I will be 90 and sitting proudly on public transport reading that sort of stuff. But with these, yeah, there is an element of of shame with them definitely how did you break it to him <laughs> i think he just had to put up with it because you know you can only i read before bed it's yeah. actually a really bad habit to get into because now sometimes my brain goes reading means sleep so if it's the middle of the day and i've legitimately got to read something for work i get really drowsy it's like <laughs> bedtime now but i think it just you know the truth had to come out eventually i was like sweetheart i've, I've got a problem Wow, I could just imagine like you've got this locked box that was just full of these books that you like, or this secret oh, drawer this or something. Stuff. Well, my bookcase is double layered, so it it it's so as in you've got like your you know, smart books in the front oh, yeah, the and ones these that you ones want hidden behind to see that you've got. Yeah, yeah. Like I've got you know all the works of Shakespeare as if I've ever read them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the this of its time, though. The dirty stuff. Yeah, that was like Shakespeare was like the. You know, the, boarding, the stories yeah. for the people. Yeah. And I, I really, I think I have to point this out if, if I haven't made it clear. I think that women should be able to read these books. I think that it's great fun to have that relaxing escapism. I love the idea of a heroine, you know, in France in the 1800s running mm. around, you know, I, I you know, spy masters, cowboys, cowgirls. Uh, it's all great. I just, the, the one thing I don't like is that we can't have those storylines without the women being um, just subjected to all this just hor- horrible, horrible shit. That's the element I don't like. But I think it's great that women read dirty books. And I think that, um, I think it's a much better option than a lot of the other, I guess, more gratuitous avenues for uh, sexual gratification. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pornography. All right. So you, um, you've reconciled yourself with the fact that maybe you want to create one of these yeah. novels yourself. Yeah. I've started writing it. Okay. Yeah, I've thought heaps about it. 
so much about it. I will be writing it under a pseudonym because all my oh. bravado aside, as if I'm going to publish that under my own name. Why? <laughs> well, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, fear of failure being one of the big ones, if that is something that gets like... How hard could you fail when this is your goal, though? <laughs> but that's the thing. I mean, if... If my book ends up not selling as well as The Deep End by Kristen Ashley, who this is the worst of all the books I've ever read, by the way. It does have, like, the the picture on the front is a torso being covered in honey. It is. (laughs) I should have known better. Um, (laughs) uh, Enter a decadent sensual world where the gorgeous alpha males are committed to fulfilling a woman's every desire. I don't think... I don't think this woman, um, first of all, I think she only operates on a first draft basis. I genuinely don't believe this book has been edited. And that's me not trying to be a complete and utter bitch. There are sentences. I was reading this just going through and trying to do my same thing, breaking it down. And I kept on having to reread sentences going, I don't know what she was actually saying there. And then I realized it's because they're not real sentences. She doesn't know... She doesn't know how to do words. Um, it's really unfortunate. I feel terribly bad for her. But those are the worst ones yet. What was I saying? I've now just started planning. <laughs> you were just oh, telling so someone. You were just saying how someone me. doesn't know how to do sentences and, and failing to finish your own. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if she outsold me, I would, um, I'd have to throw myself off a cliff. And I've okay. heard that can be really messy. So when the bar is so low, failure hurts so bad. That's the thing. And I don't think it is in line with anything that I've been putting out until up in this point. Okay. You know what I mean? I've been all sports and, mm-hmm. and comedy and, hey, kids, I don't think then me uh, releasing, you know, romantic fiction would work. It's not like the next heading you want no. on your Wikipedia page. <laughs> like like uh, sports reporting, comedy, and then like erotic fiction. Yeah. In 2019, Tegan attempted to write <laughs> Failed erotic writer. There is now a podcast where each week they read a chapter of her book and (laughs) laugh heartily because that's the sort of shit that would happen. We we never thought erotica could be so unsexy. So unsexy. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? Also, how fun would it be? Not even, you know, this isn't even me talking about my dirty book dreams. How fun would it be to create something but just get to sit back and watch that monster kind of roll along mm. without you. Don't you think that'd be well, kind of fun? That's what JK Rowling wanted with her Gal- uh, Robert Galbraith. Yeah. yeah, because she um, ideally just wanted to put a crime book out every yeah. now and then, which again would be if you're talking about, um, you know, airport fiction and the food pyramid of literature and all that sort of stuff, the quote unquote male equivalent of romance novels is stuff like spy books and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I like to read a Robert Ludlum every now and then. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. You know, Malcolm Gladwell read, reads his Jack Reacher or so yeah. his ads tell me. Um, so, yeah, it's that's kind of what she wanted to do. And I guess essentially that got found out. That got found out in a really interesting way. How was that found out? I forgot. So, they, some newspaper, like some News of the World type newspaper, did a linguistic analysis. So, they put both yeah. the, the kind of software that's used to catch plagiarism. Oh, they use that and they put all the Harry Potter series in one end and all the Robert Galbraith or you know, I think there were two of them, maybe even only one. Yeah, yeah. it could have been very early. They put yeah, that, you know, I yeah. think it was still just the first one. The Silkworm. Was this no, Cuckoo's the Cuckoo's Calling. calling. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they pumped that into the uh, other side and it was like a 95% match. And then I want to say a lawyer for the publishing house oh. who let it slip. Oh, wow. And so they were like, great, now we've got confirmation. Now we've and that's got when it. they wrote it up. I, um, 
I'm not surprised that that's how it came unstuck because one of the reasons I have trouble reading Robert Galbraith is because it is the voice of J.K. Rowling, mm, which I'm it is, so yeah. familiar with, but with swears or with mm. the occasional sex scene, or mm. which I find in that voice really jarring. It was the same with um, her casual book, Casual Vacancy. vacancy. Sa- yeah, I, it I, feels I like the tone of it. And yeah. even the way that she ends her chapters on cliffhangers but yeah. then goes to a different place and, but you know, the, the way she writes... It's a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, once, it's yeah. her. There was also one word. Um, oh, it's just jumped out of my head. But when I came across this word, I was like, only you use that word. Oh. Nobody else. Uh, Hermione was always really big on it. It'll pop into my head later on today. But I was just just those little things where it's like, yeah, you are, you are one of the reasons I loved you is because of your voice. Um, mm. It's the same voice, but now you're swearing. Stop it. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> ah. One thing she constantly says in her books is... Um, blah, 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 had a, a flushed face or their oh, face flushed. Ruddy complexion. Ruddy complexion. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she likes a ruddy complexion. <laughs> She's sick uh, for a bit of rud. Yeah, <laughs> loves it. Maybe it's just how all the Brits look. Maybe they're all just a bit ruddy. <laughs> a ruddy sure. nation. <laughs> but I just think even for that short amount of time where that book was just rolling along, mm. that would have been fat. I think she even thrilling. would have gotten a weird thrill from yeah. getting all the rejections again. Yeah. Because one thing I do keep Bad reminding reviews, myself yeah. is that JK got the 12 rejections on Harry Potter. And one publishing house, I think she's alluded to it maybe being Penguin, mm. um, rejected her twice, um, which just must, would be hilarious to have that happen again. And you just be sitting there going, okay, if you want, but you know where this is going to go. And it did. What would you say to people who, you know, they see, I'm sure there's people out there who see these books and go, oh, I should, I should read something a little more starchy. Mm. I stood, should read, but they are thinking of cracking the spine on the spy master's lady. I think that it is about a balanced diet. And I think you only live once. And if you want to read about the spy master's lady and her running around France and then shagging in hay bales or whatever it is that they do, just do it, but balance it. Definitely balance it. And I think that, you know, uh, we, we as... As the ladies, we need to vote a little more away from the violent stuff like Fifty Shades, the really damaging stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, if someone crops up on the Amazon list and there's no violence and an erotic name, <laughs> all right, we could, yeah. we could ping it back here. Yeah, yeah. What about people who reckon... What, what about people just really shit at it and it's like this kind of stand-up comedian character from <laughs> Melbourne who's just super into football and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Egan Bigginbotham. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what about for people who they love these books? What do you have to say to those sorts of people? I get it. Let's start a conversation. <laughs> what have Reach you found out. that's good? I yeah. need, I'm, I'm finishing my book soon. I want another one. Let me know. All right. Thank you so much, Teagues. Thanks. Totally Obsessed with Dan DeBooth is pretty much made entirely by me, Dan DeBooth, except for the music, which is by Caleb Garfinkel, and the artwork, which is by David Ferrier and Joe Kutry. Listener.